I'm Reverend Harry Bridge. And I'm Dr. Scott Mitchell, and this is the Dharma Realm Podcast. And we're coming to you from the Kodo of the Jodo Shinshu Center in Berkeley, California. This is the Dharma Realm Podcast for May 3rd, 2013, and today we continue our discussion of Buddhism and music. So we're continuing uh, our examination and consideration of music and Buddhism. And so today we're continuing with this great email that we got, and uh, he says, I have heard of Christian rock music, but I have never heard of Buddhist rock. Rock and roll! So, yeah, so really interesting. Definitely topic uh, dear to my heart, because I love rock music, uh, and I love Buddhism. So yeah, why do we have Buddhist rock? It sure, looks, why not? Yeah. I'm kidding. I actually don't know. <laughs> but I think it's an interesting question because to me it brings up the question of genre mm-hmm. and how we label things, uh, Buddhist music or Christian music or the genres in general, which I think is an interesting sort of thing to think about. Mm-hmm. What would uh, a sort of genre of Buddhist music be? Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, to be completely honest, I don't, I don't like the idea. Mm. <laughs> um, be only because I don't to me Christian music seems like a label that we apply to certain kinds of music and because that music has been labeled Christian music I'm not interested in it mm-hmm. you know so I would never listen to Christian music even if it was good like you know if somebody came and like played a song for me and was like oh that's a really great song and then you know I listen to the song and I'm like oh this is a Christian rock band I'd be like oh okay well you know you know that would sort of create right, right, right. A, a, a distance for mm-hmm. me. So to me, Buddhist music would be, would might suffer from the same kind of thing. Like would Buddhist music only be of interest to people who are interested in Buddhism, you know, or would it have a broader appeal? And so that's this, this, this idea of genre is really interesting to me because I think genre in, in general is a complicated thing, right? Like mm-hmm. how we, how an individual artist defines his or her work can certainly employ sort of uh, genre terms, but we also have to recognize that genres are often made up by you know an industry, um, by marketing executives specifically to sell a product to a particular demographic. Um, and so, you know, where does this term come from? You know, and I could go on and on and on about genre in general. But um, what I what I will say, and then I'll just let Harry go on a tangent. <laughs> um, as I've I think got that, a bunch of them. <laughs> Ready. Is that I think that we can also, at the very least, we can sort of talk about, you know, the last in our last episode we talked about the the particular uses of music, or um, you know, when we do certain kinds of music, or why we listen to it, or why we perform it, and a lot of Buddhist music is done within the context of a particular ritual, um, or it's done for ritual purposes, or it's done as part of practice. Um, Christian rock, it seems to me like, you know, absolutely a lot of Christian churches have bands that perform there. You know, rock music has become part of sort of normative Christian practice. Mm-hmm. But uh, the genre of Christian rock, because it's not specifically church music, even though it can be done in church, can also be done outside of a particular um, religious context. So I would assume that there must be kinds of music that um, the same thing could be said of Buddhist music, right? Where there might be a kind of music that maybe you would hear within a uh, Buddhist ritual context, but that because of its genre, because it's rock music or jazz music or hip-hop or whatever else, you could listen to it 
outside of that context. You could listen to it, you know, on that hour and a half train ride on your iPhone or whatever, right? You could listen to it in other kinds of, uh, of senses. And when we talk about that, then we can start talking about different kinds of music that might be Buddhist in some sense and what that might mean. So wow, this is fascinating. I got a million. I, I, sh I wish I had a pen and paper to write this stuff down, but then you could hear me going. Chick, chick, chick. <laughs> um, well, I'll start, just go back to Christian rock maybe first. All right. um, and I'll admit to, you know, I've been interested in Buddhism for over 20 years and kind of studying to become a minister for since like 96, right? 95, 96. And there's been times since then where I've been kind of jealous of Christian rock because they can have these huge festivals. I mean, Christian rock is like a whole industry in itself. Oh, yeah. Right? With their own charts, um, all that kind of thing, you know? So, so part of me um, has certainly felt jealousy at that, you know, to think, how come they have... Can, they can have that. We have nothing, <laughs> almost, right? So, well, I mean, you know, we're in the United States of America. We have a, a normative Christian culture. I mean, there's, true. you know, 70% of Americans identify as some kind of Christian. I mean, that's, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, so that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, so really interesting. Um, yeah. Don't be jealous, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not anymore. I'm not anymore. Um, now, one of my favorite, all-time favorite bands is a band called King's X. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of metal, melodic kind of metal, but they're their own thing. Um, and King's X may, you may or may not know from the band name that it's Christian-based. It has its roots in Christianity. Um, not always completely obvious in the lyrics, mm -hmm. um, but, and they have their whole other thing going. Well, they have an album called Gretchen Goes to Nebraska. Um, Out of the Silent Planet is the first one, which is interesting because it's a science fiction theme. And yet... C.S. Lewis, total Christian oh, yeah. parable, oh, yeah. sci-fi Christian parable. Mm -hmm. um, and so really kind of interesting stuff. Um, and I, the, what you said about, like, if a band was Christian, I wouldn't listen to them. And I was like, yeah, you know what? That was an issue for me. Yeah, and, you know, you know not necessarily, right? Like, you right. like King's X, right? And I, you know... I, I like them know. despite the fact that they right. seem Christian. Right, right, right? despite the yeah. fact. And that's and the music was good enough that I was willing to look the other way. Yeah. Their third album is called Faith, Hope, Love. Um, you know, definite Christian themes going through. Um, but one of the really interesting things about them is that, um, well, another thing that I've, I remember listening to certain songs and thinking, man, this song really touches me, like the lyrics. Mm -hmm. um, but it's Christian. Yeah. I wish I had a band that was Buddhist <laughs> like this, you know, yeah. um, really thinking that. Um, and yet I've, I feel like I've kind of, uh, you know, re-embraced them and I can actually find Shinshu themes and a few of their tunes. Mm -hmm. um, and I could see myself singing some of their songs, um, performing their songs, being honest about the source, um, but also saying, you know, this song works for me in a Shinshu sense. Yeah, yeah. Now what ended up happening with them is the bass player is gay. And um, there's two metal bands with gay main people, King's X and Judas Priest. Right? Um, King's X apparently lost huge fan base when he came out. He came out in the 2000s. Mm -hmm. um, and Judas Priest, I think not so much. Judas Priest is hilarious because <laughs> they were like metal. They were the yeah. metal gods. Oh, totally. With yeah, the yeah. leather and the studs. Oh, yeah. Nobody realized it came from S&M scene. <laughs> Nobody realized it. Only the band knew he was gay. Nobody else knew. And he came out late 90s, early 2000s. Hmm. I don't think it was an issue. He's, they can play and they have, still have all the fans there and everything. But King's X, like it was, um, he, he actually rejected Christianity. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, really interesting. So he's had issues. He's had a like love-hate thing with Christianity still I think, part his of whole the band. life. I mean, he's still in the band. Yep, yeah, they still yeah. play. Um, he's amazing. He plays bass, left-handed, slung really low, and he detunes. And he, cool. has this, he used to have this giant mohawk and um, incredible voice. So now in this case, they might not still consider themselves Christian rock, I don't think right? they ever did. Right. So They were identified as Christian rock. By the industry. They, well, they weren't necessarily even marketed that way, though. It's oh, really interesting. interesting. They're yeah, this yeah. interesting liminal case right, where right, they're right, on right. the boundaries um, and huge metal bands were pushing them in the 90s. Like um, uh-huh. um, the bass player from Metallica would always talk about them. Pearl Jam pushed them. Um, and they never hit. They had one hit like um, in like 92 or something. Mm-hmm. Black Flag was a song. And MTV played it. And then it got pulled. And they never hit, got anywhere after that. Yeah. But they continue to make records. They're almost independent now at this point. Yeah, They're yeah. almost outside of the industry. Um, but yeah, so, so they is, never self-identify. Right, it's one of the problems of genre. Like, how do you come up with this term? What does it mean? Who's using it for what purposes? And, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter. And, and for King's S, it might have mattered, right? Like, if they right. had marketed themselves as a Christian rock band and then their bases came out as gay, that could have been, it was Absolute disastrous. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah, yeah so, yeah. you know, that's interesting. That's totally fascinating. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, so th- you know, it's been interesting for me as a um, so musician. Is, yeah, and this mm-hmm. is part of the problem with genre too is that it becomes another sort of marker of identity, right? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember growing up, uh, music was all about how people were defined. Like, mm-hmm. you know, people, I mean, you know, there were there were other issues, in, you know, growing up with ethnicity or class or whatever else, but, you know, it definitely it was like, oh, those kids are the... Metalheads. Those are the metalheads. Those are the hippies. Those guys listen to Rush. You know what right. I mean? Like, they were definitely like... Oh, you mean the geeks? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, like in my school, they were kind of cool, but... Uh, really? Anyway. Oh, yeah. I, I, anyway. <laughs> anyway, you know, there was definitely, like, part of who you were was defined by the kind of music you listened yeah. to, right? And so if we take the sort of genre categories too seriously, then it becomes a way of, of creating further distinctions, right? Of saying, oh, well, that guy listens to the Grateful Dead. I don't want to hang out with him. You know right, what I mean? Right, right, right. Or, you know, or, or, or the opposite of extreme of the deadheads who just follow the dead around all the time and, you know, never get jobs or shower. Mm-hmm. I'm kidding. Cause <laughs> no, they work hard in between tours. <laughs> I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. <laughs> I think there's much truth in what you said. <laughs> So anyway, it would be interesting to think about this in terms of Buddhist music and whether or not, I don't know. I mean, just you know, just to sort of, with the, the comparison to Christian rock, it's sort of interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because at the same time, there's definitely lots of Buddhist musicians. Um, there must be. There are. There are tons. And I, I feel like I'm talking to one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, music plays a, a role in your life, and Buddhism plays a role in your life, and you've definitely done music. I mean, would you consider some of the music you've done self-consciously Buddhist? Right. So that was one of the issues that um, when we did that um, uh, uh, seminar, not seminar, what was it? Um, a lecture thing. I yeah, it was like an IBS, IBS, no, the IBS. Oh, the symposium, the symposium back symposium. in 2009 something. or 8. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, that was like a turning point for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I talked about my own music and, you know, asking questions of, yeah, what is Buddhist music was one of my questions. Yeah. And so does my music, my, see, part of the issue too is my music is instrumental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not a lyricist. Um, and so uh, you can't, I think when a song has lyrics that are explicitly Buddhist, it's much easier to say, oh yeah, that's Buddhist. Right. right? But then once you take away the, the lyrical, the, the language aspect, it's like what then makes a song Buddhist? 
And so does my being Buddhist make all of my music Buddhist music? Or only certain songs that became uh, Buddhist because of song title, mm-hmm. right? Or because of context or whatever. Or doing gathas, redoing gathas like heavy metal or whatever. Um, or, you know, so I've done some of that. Um, so, yeah, it's been really interesting. So a couple of my songs, even though they may not have started out being explicitly Buddhist, kind of became Buddhist, like Circumambulate. Mm-hmm. Um, because just the, the, the rhythm and the melody and the music brought to mind this like circling around. Right? And I'm totally into circumambulation, not as a practice, but as an idea in the history of Buddhism and circumambulating Buddha images mm-hmm. and all that kind of thing. Um, Jogyo Zammai, right? Like oh, circumambulating stupas. That's a part of Buddhism. Yeah, right? yeah. And so calling this song Circumambulate kind of turned it into uh, a Buddhist piece. Right. Uh, and so that was an interesting experience, you know, but, um, but a lot of my music I think I kind of consider not Buddhist. Like I definitely compartmentalize some of it. You know, so that's been kind of interesting, too. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, do you think that some of your music, though, you sort of self-consciously start out to write something Buddhist? Has that ever happened? Or, I mean, in Circumambulate, it sounds like you were writing the music first and then right. became Buddhist in some weird sense. But um, Yeah, I don't think that's, I don't think I've really, because I'm not so much of a com- traditional composer where I can mm-hmm. say, I am now going to compose a piece of music. <laughs> right? My music emerges um, improvisationally. Uh-huh. And so, um, I've, yeah, I've never actually sat down and said, okay, let's improvise some Buddhist music. I've never done that. Um, it's, it's turned into Buddhist music later, uh-huh. kind of after the fact. Sure, sure, yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, okay, now a couple of things. I'm going to put you on the spot. <laughs> Quote, unquote, Buddhist music. <laughs> well, I mean, one thing to think about would be, uh, and this might be a sort of after the fact, uh, you know, rationalization or something, but it seems to me that you might be able to make the case that there's something about the act of uh, improvisation or about the act of create, uh, of, of sort of spontaneous creativity of making music that in and of itself is sort of of Buddhism, right? Like not necessarily, you know, explicitly self-consciously Buddhist, but sort of like, well, you know, there's this idea of naturalness, right? Or mm. um, other musicians I've talked to have talked about um, uh, in their process of making music, letting the ego get out of the way and just letting right, the music, right, right. as you just yeah. said, sort of come up mm-hmm. uh, spontaneously. Like, like that sort of spontaneous kind of creativity arguably might in and of itself be of Buddhism in some way, but not necessarily self-consciously, right? So this, like, this, and I think we have talked about this before on the show of just this idea of the artistic process and in mm-hmm. what sense that is Buddhist, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really hard to talk about because now we're like in, you know, non-rational thought, right? And, and a lot of what we're doing here in, in this conversation and, and in general, sort of sort of the analytical, you know, well, what is music? And mm-hmm. let's make some categories and genres, which is all very rational and, and self-reflective and whatever else. Mm-hmm. But there might be something to that sort of naturalness of spontaneous creativity, which is tapping into something, you know, much something deeper, you know, something Buddha nature or whatever, you know, sort of, I don't know, the natural flow of things mm-hmm. would be one thing. Can, I, other can th- I jump on yeah, that? Absolutely. Remember, remember the second one. Cause so that's interesting because I have a new band um, right now. Our name is Stanley Lighthead. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a trio jazz, like improvisationally based, but not like, true jazz, like more simplified, more the kind of um, soul jazz would be one kind of genre term. I hate coming up with these genre terms, but if we kind of try to break it down, we don't do a lot of chord changes. It's more like grooving on um, 
just like one kind of set thing and you know soloing over that um, but improvisational mm-hmm. right and we've been writing new songs because we get together and just start playing and then songs emerge right but at one point I noticed like I would play something and think oh I better stop play like play like a beep, 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 and then think oh I better stop playing that I better go back to the line or something and then listen back later and think oh why didn't I keep playing it why but my con- I remembered that voice inside my head saying, oh, better stop playing that. Don't want to play that too long. Better right. go to something else. What's going on? Right? It's like my mind working, right? And the, this second guessing of myself. And maybe if I just let go and kept playing, I would have continued the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I also then did my Wednesday night service, which is the only time I meditate. Huh. We do like a five-minute meditation in there. And one time I was sitting there like realizing, yeah, it's like, the length of a thought is really interesting, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. How long do I start thinking about something and start going, woo, 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 thinking, oh, wait, 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 especially during meditation is when yeah. you can be aware of it. Yeah, yeah. What am I going to talk about today? Oh, my, okay, I think I'm going to talk. Wait, why are you thinking about this? You're supposed to meditate. Stop. Uh-huh. But I got like five seconds out of it. <laughs> Seven seconds, you know, like if you could graph out all the thoughts would be really interesting and see like these different lengths. And music is another place where that happens when you're improvising because you improvise and it's like, how long will an idea play out? Especially with three people. How long are three people able to have an idea continue until the next idea comes up that gets caught up and carried on with the... So music is interesting because it's participatory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meditation is interesting because it's solitary Right, and yet there are similar processes going on, and I see it as kind of abhidharmic, maybe of of yeah. you know looking at these dharmas. Maybe you could look at each musical idea as a dharma, Ooh. you know, or a seed, right, that grows and hopefully comes to fruition. But sometimes the conscious mind cuts it off and doesn't allow it to um, go as far as it could have. Um, so, so actually, in a way, my music is totally Buddhist because I'm go- like even when I'm just jamming with this new band, but because I'm able to participate in the music and yet participate as a Buddhist, right? Where, yeah, where I'm, yeah. I'm being, I think I'm being totally Buddhist in trying to be aware, but trying not to second guess, trying not to calculate. Dang, um, dude, that's deep. Yeah, it's crazy, but it's fun too. <laughs> All right, my second question. Okay. All right, we got time? Yep. All right, uh, the, the, the theme song to the Dharma Round podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You wrote that. That's true. And you've made various... Uh, versions of it mm-hmm. over the we years. have a new version coming soon i hope oh yeah yeah so with a new band what the whole new band is yeah, doing that's yeah, awesome yeah. so uh, but uh so did you write that song specifically for the show or did that come up beforehand because i can't wow. remember it's been so long ago i know i mean i know you've done improv you know you've done different versions of it you know right, the, right. the tron version which was right, awesome. right. <laughs> see i remember when i recorded it but I don't remember if I wrote it specifically to be the podcast theme. I don't think I did. Yeah, but because I also kind of remember you having telling telling me that you got some of the inspiration from Gagaku. But that was the second version. The second version. Oh, yeah. Okay. The original version was the electric piano one with the delay. Uh-huh. So I think I was messing around with the delay, uh-huh. uh, and then kind of made that piece right and then we started talking about the podcast and yeah. then i was like i've got some music for it <laughs> and then i gave it a buddhist name uh-huh. uh which was uh rays of sound right all right um, because the idea of like these light rays right, right. coming out of amida buddha yeah, yeah, yeah. right and yet 
maybe the sound could be raised. So it's yeah. kind of a synesthesia thing of going between the visual and the audio. Although light can be a wave or a, be- or a particle, right? Ah, But we think man. in terms of um, <laughs> beams or rays, yeah, 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 right? Yeah. So. Well, it's also interesting because it seems like in, in some of the versions of the theme song, it sounds like, um, what's the instrument in Gagaku? The, um, oh, the show. The show, yeah, yeah. So that was definitely, so, okay, yeah. Right, so my, the reason I bring that up is because to me, it seems like the, the theme, one of the versions of the theme song was sort of playing on the show, right, and playing on Gagaku, but in a different genre, a much different genre, a much different style. So this is another way we can think about Buddhist music in different contexts of saying, you know, using chanting or using traditional instruments or using, you know, some element of, of more, you know, classically defined Buddhist music in a different context. And so, you know, one obvious example would be um, the Beastie Boys. Right, right, right. Um, their album Ill Communication has... Um, Two songs that are explicitly Buddhist. One uh, samples uh, Tibetan monks chanting, and the other one is uh, what's it called? Bodhisattva Bow, I think, which you know also has Tibetan sounds in it. But yep. it's uh, some of the gongs. And yeah, stuff but and the the words of that song are definitely definitely. Yep, yep. Um, and so, MCA was self-identified as Buddhist exactly, at that point. Right. Yeah. So you know that's the thing. It's like so we've taken a, a Buddhist sound or a Buddhist music and we've repurposed it or reinterpreted it in a different context. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's something else interesting to... Yeah. See, um, there's actually um, a Japanese composer, uh, middle 20th century, and I don't have his name, we'll put it on the, um, on the website, um, but he has a piece called the Nirvana Symphony. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, what he does there is he's a 20th century composer, uh, but he's interested in Buddhism, and he's trying... It's interesting. He's writing this piece based, I think, on like the Shurangama Sutra. Hmm. And so for the chanting, he uses a European-style classical choir, male choir. <laughs> they're Japanese, and they're chanting words, I think, but they're chanting in Western style, uh-huh. but being used to symbolize right. the sutra chanting. Right, right, right. Really interesting. And he talks about the different um, uh, instruments being used to, to represent or to, to stand in or whatever for, for um, different parts of uh, the, the um, Buddhist traditional uh, instruments yeah. and music. So it's, yeah. it's, it's not easy listening because it's um, 20th century, <laughs> so it's not based on like just traditional um, harmony and everything. He's definitely using some European-style right. um, harmony stuff, too. That reminds me of an of a, uh, American composer that I found who did a... Um, first, he did a... Uh, Esperanto translation of the Heart Sutra. Wow. Which is <laughs> in and cool. of itself kind of crazy. But then he uh, set it to uh, Javanese gamelan music mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. an uh, orchestral kind of a way. You know, again, mid 20th century uh, modern music. So it's, you know, it's like sort of sampling different styles and different uh, genres or whatnot in order to make something new and make something different. That's definitely Buddhist, but again, this gets to this question of, you know, the purposes of making the music. And I think, you know, this is probably true in your case, too, the, uh, the intention, right? Like, why are you making the music? Mm-hmm. You know, are you making it as an expression of a particular Buddhist point or a point of view like MCA and, and Bodhisattva Vow for the Beastie Boys? Like, he's, that song is his Bodhisattva Vow. He's doing it because he's a Buddhist, right? Oh, right, 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 um, right. Oh, interesting. Right? So, oh, wow. Yeah, as, yeah. You know, I like that. Versus, you know, somebody who just sort of is a Buddhist and is making music from a Buddhist point of view, but not necessarily self-consciously saying, I'm going to make a Buddhist song, right? Right, right, right. So it's this, this idea of genre and, 
yeah, yeah, yeah. is interesting. It's very interesting. And I think that, you know, so in answer to the question, is there a Buddhist rock music? I think there is if we sort of open up what that might mean beyond the confines of, you know, a particular genre, both Buddhist and rock, right? Like mm-hmm. there's definitely Buddhist music out there. Um, from lots of different genres, different perspectives for different reasons that would be worth uh, looking at. We need to get some Buddhist rock charts, like the Christian rock charts. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. won't be so jealous anymore. <laughs> um, I, I did find the name of the, the composer is Toshiro Mayazumi, mm-hmm. just to throw that out there, um, the Nirvana Symphony. Uh, and um, yeah, you know, it's one thing I was thinking of when we talked about Christian rock is... One, another thing that makes me jealous <laughs> is that I've been to several churches recently for some reason or seen them on TV, and they almost always have a drum set. Huh. That's what BCA is missing. This, and it's kind of interesting because you were thinking about if there's songs used in the service that could be listened to, I don't think anyone would listen to Argathas on an iPod while they're driving around. Oh, I might. I totally would. Well, yeah, but I'm, you're studying <laughs> No, well, there might be because, you know. I, and I don't want to be bad. I don't want to be, like, mean. But it's like, until we have music that has drums and bass and, like, is set to a contemporary beat, our gothas will never be cool. I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, like, no, I'm going to go out on a limb. I totally hear no you. No kid is going to sit down and listen to any of the gothas we have right now. Uh-huh. And, I mean, Christian music... Yeah, I think they would. I think yeah. they have songs that are like cool songs, like good songs with, you know, they can, I don't know what it is. They can play like rock music, but if the message is there, it's no problem. Yeah. Well, okay. Or think well, about like, I, so, you know, like I'm gonna, gospel. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. That's another kind of music that I don't listen to, gospel, because it's Christian. Sure, sure. But the, supposedly some of the gospel bass players now are amazing. Oh, yeah. Well, gospel is a whole different, I mean, gospel is amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. But I don't know. So I want, I really want, um, uh, I think that that's, I don't know. Well, I have a few things to say about that, but okay, that might go, be for go, a different go. episode. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll have to wait. How about this? I wonder why hasn't BCA produced more musicians? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can only think of Hiroshima. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're doing it. Um, Johnny but they, Mori. Weren't, but they weren't produced by BCA. Right, right, right. But they, at least, I'm not talking about like BCA did the music. I'm saying kids that grew up BCA, mm-hmm. why don't we have more self-identified Buddhist musicians? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, I think maybe it's just we don't have the weight in numbers. And a lot of people, so many people have moved away from BCA, right? Just in terms of younger generations. Um, I don't know. It's weird. It's like, it's. It, I think it's almost like a failing of of us, and I see myself too, mm-hmm. that why don't, I don't know, I wish we had people self-identifying more as Buddhist, proudly. <laughs> um, I remember Matsumoto Sensei's article, BCAers, why do you lack self-esteem? But it's based on a <laughs> Kaneko Dae Buddhist in Japan in the early 20th century. Buddhist, why do we lack, why do you lack self-esteem? Mm-hmm. Why aren't we more open and vocal about being Buddhist and incorporating it more into our lives on a deeper level than I learned Eightfold Path. Aren't we supposed to be kind and gentle? You know, it's like, that's mm-hmm. not enough to me. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if that's all you picked up, um, okay, I better stop before I get in trouble. 
But they're definitely, yeah, so um, Peter Hatta, Johnny Murray, the Hiroshima people. I like the fact that they went out and did music. Why weren't there more people like that? Um, You know, Reverend Bob Oshta's brother was a musician, and he's on, Mm -hmm. I've kind of dug around and found some albums that he was on, Mm -hmm. um, or listings of them. I haven't actually found the records themselves. Well, I mean, the answer is really easy. What is it? Well, first of all, that the third generation of Japanese Americans were all pressured to become doctors and lawyers. Oh, this got something to do with it, huh? Um, and then sex- subsequent generations are fully American, and Americans have lousy arts education. Oh, that's true, too. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So if you don't have, you know, uh, like we were saying before, you know, people don't know how to read music, and they don't know how to read music not because of a failing of Buddhism, but because of a failing of the broader culture. Mm. Um, you know, you, you don't have this sort of nurturing arts community in general. It's hard to just make that happen within a Buddhist context, within a BCA context. And maybe, too, like the kind of music I'm thinking of is rock music. Yeah. And if you're rock, you're rebelling, and so you would rebel against your BCA upbringing. Probably, yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you wouldn't be trumpeting it. You'd, if right. you grew up in BCA, that's not something you're going to brag about or talk about. That's going to be something you're going to play down, mm-hmm. possibly. possibly. That might be another thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as opposed to a convert like myself, who, like, it's a huge part of my identity uh, and something I embraced as an, a young adult, right? And that's something that has been part of my uh, life path um, and has totally affected my music and my identity and everything. So, so I, okay, everyone's off the hook. You see, <laughs> it's all good. Oh, there's still work, work to be done. Yeah, it's A true. whole other episode.